The sun is shining. Boy, it looks nice out, even though it's like minus 15 with the wind chill. Yeah, it's chilly. We got a heat wave coming tomorrow, kid. Double digits. The old mercury's rising, my friend. It's the slow climb back. Woo! Next Tuesday, I think we're going to have a 30-degree day. I think um, you're right, Yerk. I was just looking. break the old shorts out. Oh, boy, it's going to feel like... Uh, 55, like so 70. I, I think the big kid is going to be rolling in in oh, shorts yeah. next week. I'm telling you. Uh, we are live in our State Street studios. We're live on YouTube today and every day. Make sure you watch oh. on the station's YouTube page. We've got ourselves a perpetrator being arrested outside. I see that. How about that? We are. <laughs> I'm telling you. We're, we're live on the ESPN Chicago Street, app. Yeah. State Street to Grade Street. We got ourselves a perpetrator being arrested outside. Who's causing trouble when came, it's minus 10? Came from the subway. Came from downstairs. I know, I so know, yeah. All types of chicanery going on down there, you know? What are you going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do? You you know, hey, three hots in a cot. That's where he's heading right now. Well, maybe he did something. Those are the undercovers, too. I was going to say, yeah, those are the undercover cops that got him. Oh, yeah. But he was up to some chicanery for sure. Maybe he was just looking for a warm bed. You could be right. Hey, three hots in a cot. You know he's going to get it now. Absolutely. Nothing like a good bowl of gruel make the old day go by. At least it's Well, that's what I always say. Uh, So... (laughs) <laughs> we are through I'm the sorry, I just noticed it out front. I'm like, we've got we ourselves. Are, I got it. We have an arrest. We happening. are through the first weekend of uh, the playoffs. It. You know, we didn't the football wasn't great. That doesn't mean it wasn't fun and enjoyable because it's football and it's right. playoff football. Yeah. It, it wasn't great. I think this is kind of the new norm because playoff formats have expanded and yeah, maybe you get a lousy team here or there and there's just a lot of parody. I think we saw a ton of great football. I thought the Lion Ram game was really good. This weekend's slate should I think this weekend slate's going to be quite but good. But you've got actually. two games that are a little bit outlandish, right? Plus got over seven points spread, point right? spread that are a little bit out of whack. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco, Green Bay, and I believe it's uh, Detroit, Tampa, right? No, are no, those no, no. Are, no uh, the other one? Houston and ba- uh, Baltimore. Oh, Houston, Baltimore. Yeah, you're looking yeah. at about a nine-point spread, and you're looking at a similar point spread in the uh, in the Green Bay-San yeah. Francisco game. Doesn't those, mean they won't be interesting. Uh, I, listen, Green Bay against San Francisco, I think that's going to be one hell of a game. That That's going to be a nice game to watch. Weather won't be an issue. No, it shouldn't right? be. Right, the game in Detroit. Yeah, you weather won't, won't be an issue. Weather won't be an issue in Detroit. Uh, the Baltimore one, possibly, but I think hopefully it'll be up in the teens, in the 20s, wherever it's going to be. And then I, it's going to be warmer in Buffalo this weekend. They already yeah, said. warmer in Buffalo because this weekend. Because we're, we're climbing out of it here in the next few days. Yeah. It'll feel more like normal winter, and I think temperatures were expected uh, late in the day Buffalo in Buffalo on Sunday. That's the last game of the weekend. That's going to be fantastic, yeah. I think. I think there were going to be about 27, 28. And it degrees. didn't seem like any of the wind was affecting the football no. that was being played. You no. know what I'm saying? No. So, yeah, no, it'll be fun. It'll be good. I can't wait. It feels so far away, though. You know, Saturday, oh, it'll, be it's like, we know it. it'll be here in the blink does, of an eye. Does Houston ever get to play a playoff game not in the early window on Saturday, by the way? Do the Texans ever get to play a playoff game that's not in the early Saturday I think window? Like, aren't they like the number five market in the country? I, I, I think Houston I, is the number five after us. Could be. But, I mean, that's a, that's a big market. They, Why wouldn't they get more love? Tell me the last time you saw the Texans play a playoff game that wasn't Saturday at 3.30. I can't remember one. Adam, can you? No. They play every – the league looks at it. They're like, okay, Houston, Saturday, game one. Maybe, yeah. I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but it sure when, feels when, like when they J. play – J.J. Watt was going wild. I feel like I saw – And DeAndre back to Hopkins – Going back to the Matt no, Schaub a- days. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Sure, Andre yeah. Johnson. Matt Schaub, Andre Johnson. Yes. Yeah. 
I feel like they were just always destined for like that early window on Saturday. It was like, here comes Andy Dalton and the Bengals visiting Matt Schaub and the Texans. It's 3.30 on a Saturday. Are you in front of your TV? Maybe I'm a little uh, crazy about that, well, but it sure seems time, like it. This time of year for playoff football, this time of year also for the Hall of Fame. So uh, invariably, I wake up this morning with the 25 finalists that are there. And Sam Kavaris, who's a television guy down in Jacksonville, Freddie Taylor has the yardage he needs, and everybody thinks he's a Hall of Famer. This is going to be happening the rest of the way, you know? Everybody's yeah. going to have their pitch men. Yeah. They're going to be here. They're going to be on X. And you're going to hear what great careers they had. Everybody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, it's not for us. That's everybody. where we're at. Let's we're in that season, it. though. We're in that season. You know, we're well, here. Well, of course, because we're yeah. going to find out in a few weeks. Yep. Tis the season. Tis the season for silliness. There is a and lot. Tomfoolery. There is a lot to talk about and get after today. I want to play some sound for you as we kick off the show. And if you want to join us, uh, you know the drill 312 332 3776. If you don't know the drill because you're new to the program, well, we're telling you now. 312-332-ESPN. Ring us up. You can get into the chat on YouTube and on Twitch. You can hit us up on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. That's Yurko with the J. And the number 64. Albert Breer made his weekly visit with Cap and Hoodie earlier today, Yurk. They talked a little bit about the news that broke yesterday from Peter Schrager that Greg Roman was interviewed. And it was funny. During our show yesterday, we had even brought up Greg Roman's name. And we said... Well, you haven't heard anything on the Greg Roman front. You just heard about the other candidates uh, that they were seeking permission to interview. We really hadn't heard much about Greg Roman, and we were wondering, will that still happen? Sure enough, according to Peter Schrager, it did. Albert Breer talked to Cap and Hoodie about the Bears interviewing Greg Roman and what it may potentially mean. Greg Roman's an interesting name, guys, because, you know, I had heard um, that they were going to look for somebody from the Shanahan tree, right? And so, you know, that's like what Shane Waldron from Seattle is. Um, you know, Greg Olson, you know, worked for, for Sean McVay um, in Los Angeles. And so if you were looking for, for somebody from the Shanahan tree, and I think that's where Eberflus' idea was going into this, well, then they have, you know, looked at those guys. Greg Roman is not that guy. Greg Roman's different. Greg Roman's from a different background, and his, you know, his – expertise is really in the run game and so you know and and specifically in the quarterback run game and so when i saw his name it got my attention just because it's like if you're building an offense for justin fields this is maybe one of the guys you would go to you know so is that still kind of a a a thought for them um if it is again like the greg roman you know interview would make a lot of sense because you know, that would, you know, help you build a quarterback run game that would make sense, you know, both for Justin Fields now and Justin Fields going forward. It is very easy to connect those dots, isn't it, Yurk? And we talked oh, yeah. about it when it all started. If you are committed to Justin and you want your offense to look a little bit about Niners, Kaepernick, Lamar, Baltimore, although I think those... Greg Roman's the name. He was the name, although I think those players were still better passers from the pocket than Justin Fields is. Personal opinion. It's fair. Right. It's fair critique, Carm. I'm not going to argue with your critique, but that it's was fair. That was kind of the the name. If you were like, if you were committed to Justin, well, Greg Roman would make some sense. I found it interesting that he also mentioned he had heard they were looking for someone off the Shanahan tree. Uh, this is something we discussed on the show yesterday. Everybody, every name that we have heard is connected to Shanahan in one way or another. Shanahan slash McVeigh, Olson, Waldron, Clint Kubiak. 
These are all Shanahan slash McVay disciples. And I don't know why uh, at least you don't kick the tires on Sloak either, uh, on Bobby Sloak, because there's another Shanahan guy. At the very least, I would think that you'd, you, you know, and if you think he's a little too young and he, he's still green and he hasn't done it for all that long. What's like, Sloak's position? He is the offensive coordinator. Can't yeah. make a lateral move. You're not kicking tires on a guy with a lateral move. That's a good point. You got to find other guys. Nobody's going lateral. Guys that are fired. Yeah, that's a good point. Guys that are gone. You can't get Slowick. Yeah. Slowick's not an option. Can't you? Yeah, Walton's you done an option because Carroll's out, right? No, but Slowick's still an option because can't you just say you can give him like an assistant? He's an head assistant coach. head coach. You could, yeah, yeah but the could. other team could put a blocker on you too. They can still put a block on you. I, in that scenario, they might be able. I don't know some of the nuance of that Yurko might be right. I don't know. I don't know. That's. Just, like Waldron and those guys that were part of the staff in Seattle, it's different because Pete Carroll is not coaching anymore. And Kubiak, it certainly would be a promotion. So that's something that the league or the 49ers could not block. Right. Yeah, but I was curious about a Slowick. Like, would they, could they kick the tires or would a lateral move prevent that from happening? But I found it interesting to hear uh, Breer say that he has heard. Yeah. And I'd be okay if this were the route they go, find someone off of the Shanahan McVay. They've trade. gotten around it by naming him like an assistant head coach OC. Right. So you can theoretically possibly do that. Add that tag to Add it. Assistant head coach slash OC. Right. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's the workaround. Right. If you had the workaround. You might not want to do that because he's very you young still. Yeah. And you want, you know, you're, you're looking for the, maybe some guys. Well, yeah, I'm looking experience. for somebody that's competent. That's what I want first. Me too. Somebody that's competent. I mean, we've seen competent coaches all of a sudden not be able to coach. We've seen a team go 10-1 and one and all of a sudden go 1-6. and six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, has anything changed? Has Nick Sirianni changed? No. But his football team certainly changed. Well, he lost both of his coordinators, and then he demoted the coordinator he hired in the offseason in December and put Matt Patricia in that role. And I don't understand. It's been a failure. I, I just... I don't understand it. Like, what is who does Matt Patricia have pictures of? I don't know. Uh, since Patricia took over, do you want to know what the Eagles did on defense? Yeah, let me know. They allowed 31.3 points per game. And in their last three games, two of which were against the Cardinals and Giants. Those are bottom 10 teams in EPA per play in the NFL, York. Right. They gave up 1,300 yards of offense. It's a lot. They let Baker Mayfield carve him up to the tune of 337 and three touchdowns. And that well, there been wasn't a, a lot of tackling going on. That, that would have been a lot better right. for Baker and worse for the Eagles if Mike Evans could suddenly Mike Evans forgot how to catch yesterday. That should have been 400 yards and four touchdowns. I don't know who Matt Patricia keeps fooling. I'm stunned. And I don't know what Nick Sirianni was thinking. Now, Yurko says, can he suddenly not coach? Maybe he could never coach in the first place, and his two coordinators were the reason they carried accept- him. I'm just saying, I, I don't know, but I'm not quite sure I've ever seen anything quite like the Eagles. Super Bowl last year, went to the Super Bowl, lost, but went to the Super Bowl. 10-1, and one, and then they go 1-6 down the stretch, and they failed to cover the spread in any of those seven games. 0-7 oh, against the spread, 1-6 straight up to finish the year. I can't remember much like that. Injuries certainly didn't help. 
Jalen Hurts is without question hurt, and he played with a dislocated finger yesterday in his throwing hand. And without a couple right, wide receivers. And without right? his best wide receiver. Yeah, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was hurt in week 18, so he did not play. So I get it. There were some injuries, but maybe the answer is Nick Sirianni couldn't coach anyway, and he was kind of bailed out last year by his coordinators. I really don't know. Yeah, either but. way, the Bears are looking for some people that can come help what they have yes. moving forward. So whatever those names are and whoever's being interviewed, uh, I hope they do a nice job in vetting them and then making decision and bringing the people in that are going to work on the offensive side of the ball. Whoever those people are going to be. And I'm probably, they probably got some guys in there that we haven't even heard about yet. It could be. The other piece of sound I wanted to play here real quick is something Mel Kuyper said with Field on the show they were doing yesterday. They were talking about the draft, the Bears, how much they control the board. Would they try to recoup one of the second-round uh, the second round pick they lost in the trade they made for Montez Sweat? Listen to this, and you tell me what stands out. This is Mel Kuyper Jr. You have no second-round pick, so some maneuvering to take place there. And if you trade Justin Fields to Atlanta, you could get the eighth pick overall. So you could have one eight and nine field and be able to recoup a second-round pick by trading down with one of those two picks, either eight or nine. So a lot of maneuverability for the Bears either way field. But if it's me, I'm taking Caleb Williams number one and trading Justin Fields. Did we all hear it? Yes. That's what Mel Kuyper said. Mel is Mel's awesome at his job. At, you know, he's a draft guy. Yeah, he's a guru. draft guy. Mel is not an NFL insider. So, is that Mel not really knowing what's being discussed in league circles and that it'd be impossible for the Bears to get the eighth overall pick for Justin Fields? Or did Mel hear that from someone in the league that that's a possibility and slip that into the conversation with Field Yates, because I'm not sure how you could trade Justin Fields three years later after three sort of uneven years. Yeah, I mean, there's some exciting stuff about him, but three very uneven years. There's been some flash plays. You, I don't understand how you'd be able to trade him for a draft pick higher than the pick in which you used to select him. Well, it depends where the team is picking. I mean, if Atlanta was better... And they had won two more games, and they were in the playoffs. Um, a, they wouldn't have probably a quarterback issue <laughs> if they were in the playoffs, right? Probably not. Yeah, they've got themselves a quarterback issue over there. But it depends where you're picking, and it depends if somebody else wants Justin Fields. So it just depends if there's a demand. You know what? It doesn't take one guy. It takes two. It takes two to want your quarterback, and that's how you create a little bit of a derby between those two teams. And then you see who's willing to give you more. And it may only be one pick. It may be just a second rounder. Is is Ryan Pace on the staff in Atlanta? Is that right? Terry Fontenot is the GM. I believe so, yes. yes. He's on the staff? Yes. If the Atlanta Falcons called Ryan Poles and offered the eighth pick for Justin Fields, don't you think he'd drive him to the airport? I'd try to get next year's second. An eighth and a second? <laughs> right. If you're, if you're offering me the one, why wouldn't I want more? I'd want more. If you're going to offer me one, I want more. Okay, that's fine. But would you take the eighth overall pick in the draft yes. for Justin Fields? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, I think Ryan I'd Poles take might... i the eighth pick in the second round. I mean, what are we I doing think, here? I think he might drive him to the airport. Like, that can't possibly be something that is... Like, 
that can't that can't be being discussed, right? It can't be. There's no way. Well, anything could be discussed. There have been some ludicrous trades made in the NFL over the course of a lifetime. The eighth pick in the draft. I mean, I would. You talk about controlling the board. One, eight, nine. Like, you are controlling the board and then trying to figure out exactly which quarterback you need. And, and exactly which picks you're going to move for more picks. Right. Yes. Like you are you want to talk about position A. The Bears might already be in position A. You add a third pick to the top nine for a quarterback that still has lots of questions that's coming up into year four. Sweet Lord above. So I don't know. I don't know if like Mel just again, this is not like his fort. That's not really his expertise. Right. Like what is being bantered about amongst NFL insiders. I, I do wonder if you polled a bunch of those guys and asked, like, what have you heard? Like, what might Fields get? It just would. I think it's going to look much more like the Darnold trade a couple of years ago. And even that was being questioned as of three weeks ago. Like, yeah, you could probably get a second rounder. You'll certainly be able to get a third rounder. I don't know how you can go from like maybe a second rounder to the eighth overall pick. It was very stunning to hear Mel say that. I'll play it again. You have no second round pick. So some maneuvering to take place there. And if you trade Justin Fields to Atlanta, you could get the eighth pick overall. So you could have one eight and nine field and be able to recoup a second round pick by trading down with one of those two picks, either eight or nine. So a lot of maneuverability for the Bears either way Oof. field. But if it's me, I'm taking Caleb Williams number one and trading Justin Fields. Unbelievable. All right. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you you want to ring us up and join the conversation today, we'll cross talk with Waddle and Sylvia a little bit later on. We'll do that uh, at two. The guys are on this afternoon to get you home. And then it's Abdallah and Tyler. Blex, uh, Blex in Mexico having a good time. So he'll be back next week. Abdallah and Tyler tonight from 6 until 8. Uh, let's go to Andrew in the loop on ESPN 1000. Hello, Andrew. Guys, how you doing? You know why Ryan Poles says he's waiting until April to make a decision with the top pick this time around? Because he knows he screwed up last year trading the C.J. Stroud pick on March 10th. He should have waited, and he knows it. Remember James Daniels? You know how many sacks he's given up in two years in Pittsburgh? Two. People forget Paul's first big deal with the Bears was Larry Ogunjobi, $40.5 million. We got bailed out by a failed physical. That guy's had four and a half sacks in two years. He trades Khalil Mack just to you know, save cap space. He has 17 sacks this year. Does he deserve credit for clearing that space? He thought Mack was done. He's wrong. We're in an off-season with more proven coaching candidates than ever. We decide to stick with Matt Eberflus. I have little confidence we'll get it right this time around. I'm a 10-year season ticket holder, gentlemen, about to be 11. You want to know why I'm coming back? Like my wife says, I'm obviously an idiot. Go Bears. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Andrew. First of all, Larry Ogunjobi has not been bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hasn't been. Yeah. Hasn't been bad at all. I don't know what happened. And like Yurko always says, it doesn't matter. He, the Bears doctors obviously saw something they didn't like, and you have to just stick to your guns at that point. That's it. Okay. That's why your medical staff is different. Okay. They're the ones that make the recommendations on you do, you don't. Now, has he been worth what the Bears would have offered him? You know, Pittsburgh got him at a discount after that. Larry Ogunjobi has been far from bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and I don't think you just necessarily look at the fact, well, Carmen's got four and a half sacks in two years. Remember, he's an interior defensive lineman. Uh, he's also got a bunch of TFLs. He's got a bunch of quarterback hits. He's got some pressures. Like He's been very usable and serviceable for Pittsburgh. So let's clear that up. I don't think Ryan Poles made a mistake trading Khalil Mack. I yeah. don't care what the sack numbers say. 
Khalil Mack didn't have a sack in eight games. He had 17 in nine games, buoyed by a game against the Raiders where he had six sacks and five TFLs. Yeah. So who was he playing that specific day? Who exactly was he dominating on that I'm specific day? To remember, that's who it eleven was. plays yeah. for loss. Yes, for the in, for the Raiders in one game. Okay? So, hey, good for him. Good for Khalil Mack. Good for the the L.A. Chargers. The Bears did not make a mistake no. trading Khalil Mack. No, you're moving on. You're emptying it out. You're getting out of a contract, and you're you're trying to do something different. And that's what they're doing now. They're doing something different. You're coming back for year eleven. Good. Should be a better year for you this year. Chase on the south side on ESPN 1000. Hey, Chase. Hey, what's happening, fellas? How you guys doing? Good, brother. Yeah, Um. so one thing that nobody's really discussing about as far as the coaching cycle goes is um, what happens, say, the Bears do hire an offensive coordinator that's really good, and whoever quarterback they get, whether it's they keep Justin or they select one of these quarterbacks, and this new offensive coordinator, whoever they bring in, does a good job with these QBs, you know offensive coordinators get plucked. Yes. You know, when they look good. So now what happens is that new offensive coordinator who did a good job with the quarterback, now he's get left for another coach job. Now you now you right back the surgeon for another offensive coordinator. Now whoever quarterback has to learn it, that means Justin will have to learn a new offense for the fifth time or the rookie quarter or this other quarterback got to learn new offense for the second, third time. So this is the issue. This what this issue is is when you hire a defensive coach over an offensive guy. You know this, this is kind of the the issue deal with. Yeah, your your OCs get plucked. That's true. They do. If they're really good, they're going to get plucked away. If you pick the wrong one and they're bad, you're firing them and you're starting over teaching a young quarterback another system. This is the story of the Chicago Bears. We've been going round and round like this for a long time. I can't think of too many that have been plucked because of tremendous success. Adam Gase, I guess, and he if, he flamed out. We know the way that finished. With the ice, right? Didn't Gase basically get the first job based off of Jay playing better under Adam Gase here? I feel like that's right. Most of the time, what happens is the Bears lose a coordinator, or they they, they have to fire they a fire coordinator a guy. because the the results just haven't been good enough. You know, and look, they they've tried it a bunch of ways, guys. Like I know we keep hearing. I want a proven guy, and why didn't I don't want a first-time guy. Kyle Shanahan at some point was a first-time play caller. Sean McVay at a certain point was a first-time play caller. Uh, Now, the Bears have done it both ways and have failed. Mark Tressman was a first-time head coach. They failed. Matt Nagy was a first-time head coach. They failed. John Fox was an extremely accomplished head coach. They failed. Mike Martz was an extremely accomplished offensive coordinator when the Bears hired him. He failed. Like, they've tried it a lot of ways, and it's never really worked, unfortunately. That probably speaks to the bigger issues within the organization. You know, but I I, I hear a lot of hand-wringing. It can't be a first-time guy. It's got to be an established guy. Well, they've tried that. They failed just as miserably. It's, you know, I I don't know what the right answer is. At at the end of the day, I think it's his right-hand man, Frank Reich, that's going to come in here anyway. think so? Yeah. Unless Frank just had such a terrible experience down there, he wants a year off. Hmm. Wants to be out of football for a year, get his wits back about him. I mean, I think I would like the only the thing that would excite me most about that is that I think it'd be a valuable set of eyes for the Bears as they evaluate right. the quarterback. And if Frank Reich really wanted C.J. Stroud, 
and their general manager wanted C.J. Stroud, yeah. then they were correct last year in how they were evaluating the quarterback talent. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would trust his eyes over a lot of people, right? Like, it'd make me feel good that they finally now, may have someone in the organization yeah, that can identify. Not more than Sean Payton. No, Sean no, Payton. not more than Sean, no. I'm he, talking about he, the guys that you can get now. But he's the guy I want to talk to. Sure. I'd like to talk to Andy. I'd like to talk yeah. to Sean Payton. But Brett Veach. Let me talk to Brett Veach. Kyle Shanahan. I, that's not going to happen, though. Like, Reich is gettable if you want. So out of what's attainable, it'd be nice to have a set of eyes like that that could maybe look and properly identify your... Because uh, I don't know that they've ever had that. Maybe that's why they've screwed it up so many times. Marco's on the south side. Hey, Marco. Hey, uh, Carm. This is Marco. I don't know if you remember me. I used to work at Benny's. We used to talk all yeah. the time when you came in there. Absolutely. Hey, couple questions. Why can't we go for try and go for Ryan Day? He coached Justin. And the other thing is is that what is so special about this Williams kid when I believe in my heart that Justin had a better college career than Williams has had and Justin took his teams to the playoff system and uh major collapses three seasons in a row with uh Williams at USC and at uh, Oklahoma. He never even made it. They were touted to go and be the national champions, and he couldn't even do it. Yeah. And so I'm just curious as to why this kid is so special. He's this generational talent that we need to have as our quarterback when he has the same uh, problems that Justin has. Holds the ball too long. Holds the ball too low. I don't understand. I don't like so, the uh, I don't like the fact that he does hold that ball that ball too low sometimes. I I think the fa- I think I don't know where we're getting the, the Caleb Williams holds the ball too long. I mean, there's plenty of tape where Caleb Williams is not holding the ball too long. Um, Marco, thanks, buddy. Too and long or too low? Both. Okay. There's a criticism on both, and I agree with the critique that he holds it too low sometimes. Ryan Day's teams. That I agree with. Ryan Day's teams aren't tough enough. Ryan Day's teams aren't tough. Yeah, enough. Ohio State. As Lou Holtz said, they're not tough oh, enough, right. remember? Yeah, that's right, Holtz said that. <laughs> then they got their asses kicked by Michigan. Uh, look, the only thing they're evaluating, Marco, is they're looking at the arm talent, the escapability. Um, We're looking at the ability to recognize what the hell's happening down the field in a timely manner. I think some people think Caleb can uh, what I'm do that for. better than Justin. Yeah. That's why people talk about him as being a, a great prospect. As far as Ryan Day coming here, Ryan Day's not sacrificing $6 million worth of salary to come and be the Bears' offensive coordinator. He's the head coach at one of the most prestigious college programs in the country. He's got a better job. He's got a Of course he does. Ryan Day's job is exponentially better. Harder, more pressure, but Ryan Day's job is exponentially better than being the Chicago Bears' offensive coordinator, and it's not even close. And I'm guessing Ryan Day makes, I don't know, Seven million bucks a year, Adam. Eight. I'd What's say he's in that neighborhood. Six, seven million dollars a year. Is that a safe neighborhood to be in? I believe so. He'd be that's giving up, let's say, maybe three and a half, four million dollars worth of salary to be the nine Bears. Nine and a half. Average of nine and a half. So I was right. He's giving up about six million dollars a year in salary through twenty twenty eight. That ain't happening. So you can you can close the book on that one. The Caleb holding the ball too low thing. I agree with Marco. That's a little scary sometimes. You try that stuff in the NFL. Good luck to you. It's like the it's like the raw big man that comes in the league that's constantly got the ball by his waist, and you're like, no you're, good. You're going to learn one way or another, but you better fix it. Or the big man that wants to put it on the floor, 
keep the ball high where nobody can see it. Yeah. Rebound, and then I'm going to bring it down here. Yeah, no good. Now. No good. Not good. That's one little thing that someone's going to have to clean up with Caleb at the next level because there's almost like a nonchalantness. Is that a word, Yerk? Uh, sometimes when I he's like, it ah, is. I'm fine, I'll just keep it here. Yeah. And I'll do it. Uh, you start doing that stuff in the NFL. Lackadaisical, somebody would say, instead of nonchalantness. But yeah, lackadaisical. A little lackadais- lackadaisical. lackadaisical. Yeah. Uh, when, when the game's quicker, the guys are quicker, the edge rushers are meaner and nastier and better and faster. Like, yeah, that's not, that's not a good habit. Rick's and Downers. What's up, Rick? Hello? Rick. Going once. Going twice. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, Rick. Bye, uh, Rick. Car- what's that? Bye, Rick. Oh, bye, Rick. Yeah. Carl's in Geneva. Hello, Carl. Hey, gentlemen. How you guys doing? Good. Just got a question. I, at the end of the day, it just feels to me that they got to make a change away from fields. It feels like it's it's literally time to just kind of move on, whether it's fair, unfair. And if you look at this draft impartially, if you had didn't have Justin and just had a normal quarterback, so to speak, I don't think there'd be any doubt you'd be taking Caleb. And at the end of the day, my other question is, if he, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unless he does something monumentally stupid, like doesn't, says he doesn't want to play for Chicago, doesn't want to do this, doesn't want to do that, you kind of have to take him, and I hope and pray Mel Kuyper is right, and you could get a pick that high. I do see him going to Atlanta or the Raiders, but I see it being a second and a third. Just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Thank uh, you. That would seem to be much more realistic, Carl. As far as Caleb not wanting to come here, we talked about this a little bit yesterday when we had the news break late in our show that he was declaring. Yesterday was the deadline for the underclassmen, and he declared. I'm trying to find the tweet that he sent, Yerk, real quick. I'll, I'll read it I to saw you. It was Did a nice you, letter. It was. Yeah, it was a nice letter. It was. And uh, in it, he basically stated that he's got no issues with anyone. That's what it seemed like yeah. to me. I Was I reading too much into and that? And whoever, you know, whoever chooses me is who I'm playing for. I took it the same way Yurko did. Yeah. Did everybody else? He basically tweeted something to the effect. I'm trying to find it real quick, but he, you know, something to the effect. Since I've been 10 years old, all I want to do is play football. He said, "I'm ready for the you know the next level. I want to go to the NFL, and I want to go." And he said something like, "All I want to do is go." Let me find it. Hold on. I'll let you find it. If you want to take a, a, a gander at where it was, I'm trying to remember. I should have exactly. had it on my sheet when I came yeah. downstairs. Here it is. Since I was 10, all I ever wanted to do was play football. The journey would be empty without the people who have supported and loved me. I will fight on forever and rep horns down for life. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. I'm officially declaring for the NFL draft. So I took that one little line, kind of like you're going, maybe we're being naive. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. I sort of took that as like, I'm not going to create a stink. I'm not going to be Eli. I'm not going to be Elway. Now, a week from now, a month from now, two months from now, who it might knows? Might be different. It yeah. might be different. It's Caleb Williams, 
declares he will not go play for the Chicago Bears. All but right. He has also never actually said any of the stuff that that people that people keep bringing up. Oh, he wants a piece of a franchise that he's going to be drafted to. He's not going to come play for. He's never actually. Those words have never come out of his mouth. They've all been rumors. They've all been stuff that maybe his dad said. Like none of the stuff that is actually being talked about that people say that when they knock Caleb Williams has ever been said by the man himself. Well, there you go. And I kind of took that line to mean you won't get a stink from me. I'm ready. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. I'm officially declaring for the NFL draft. 312-332-3776. Ring us up if you've got thoughts. We'll be right back. We were talking about that letter that uh, Caleb Williams penned. Yurko said it was nice. Yeah, it was. I kind of was reading some of the abridged version, but I'll just yeah. to expound here on uh, you know, what he wrote towards the end. Does this change anybody's opinion? I'm not saying it should, but you know, does it a little? Well, I mean, who's formulated an opinion on the poor kid anyway oh, who, at this point? Have you listened to have you been well, have you been here for the show the last I, four months? All I'm saying is you gotta analyze the kid for who the kid is on the field. Well, Yerk, that's the rational thing to do. Right. I'm a rational We, we live individual. in an irrational world. Well, there's friend. a lot of stupid people in the world. He wrote this, Yerk, towards the end. I still have a lot to learn, and I'm ready to do whatever it takes. As a kid, I said this is what I was going to do the rest of my life. I didn't work this hard just to reach this point. I will continue my journey to make that little kid proud of the man I will be for many years to come. I'm excited for the future. I'm officially declaring for the NFL draft. P.S. Don't draft me, Chicago. No, I'm just kidding. Well, there's, I mean, no, <laughs> there's no postscript there's, in there. I'm kidding. Like, does it make you think that it, it has all been nonsense and just rhetoric? Like Adam said, he's never said it. Has his dad dropped a few hints here and there? Who cares? What's, what's the kid believe? The kid who's about to be a man, by the way. What's he believe? What's he want to do? Is he going to raise a stink? Will he go wherever? You know, whichever team drafts him, and is he ready to commit and work? He's writing all the right things. He's, you know, but, and, and if it is the Bears, I hope that he follows through. But does that change anyone's opinion of some of the things they've heard? And, oh, he's not going to come here anyway because he doesn't want to come here. And they've already laid the groundwork to make sure that the Bears don't draft him. Draft him and he's going to go somewhere else. People were speculating he waited so long to declare because I, I I don't know he didn't he wasn't sure because the Bears had the first. We had an interesting. And he might go back to interesting. Fourteen weeks ahead of us before the draft. Fourteen is that what it is? Fourteen weeks before yeah. the draft. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Justin in here. I go, oh my god, it's April. It's not till April twenty fourth. Yeah, but we said this last year went by pretty quick. You <laughs> no, know, I know, but fast. this is different this year. It's a little bit different. The discourse is ramped up to like ten thousand this year. Like, we've got full phone lines until April 24th Probably. of what they're going to do. And I don't know if it matters or not, but it was reported yesterday that he's most likely not going to hire an agent. Oh, boy. Here we go. That might be a good thing. I don't know. Uh, is it? Aren't you just kind of slotted, though? Yeah, and the free, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, but the offset language. Okay. But right, Isn't that the big thing now? Like, agents kind of fight for their clients by proving what we can get in the offset language. It seems the only holdouts these days are right. about and the you offset. You don't want any offset language. Yeah. That's what you want. No offset language in your contract, period. And it's never been a part of the standard contract. They just one day added it and said, oh, this is just part of the standard contract. 
Well, now it is because you added it and you want it. People still have to agree to it. Speaking of offset language, uh, did you see Harbaugh? Boy, Jim Harbaugh is really operating from a position of power. God bless him. Strike while the iron's hot, right? Dan Wetzel wrote this, Yerk. Uh, Even as Jim Harbaugh meets with NFL teams about coaching opportunities, specifically the Chargers this week, he remains engaged in discussions with Michigan about a contract extension that includes unusual termination clauses should he choose to stay in Ann Arbor, according to sources. Specifically, sources said Harbaugh is seeking language that would grant him immunity from termination from any finding or sanction that could arise from multiple current NC2A investigations into the Michigan football program. Well, obviously, he'd want that. Of course. Obviously, he'd want that. He's also seeking a delay to the start of a new date of the contract to maintain a lower buyout that NFL teams would have to pay Michigan to hire him away. The buyout in his current contract dropped from $2.25 million to $1.5 million on January 11th. $1.5 million. Dan Lanning's is like $20 million at Oregon. More. Michigan is seeking that uh, to rise to about $4 million in a new deal. Harbaugh has sought to have the new deal not start until Feb 15, thus maintaining the lower and more favorable buyout until after the NFL hiring cycle has concluded. He's also seeking a matrix of fines be spelled out if there are any future NCAA violations, as well as prohibiting the school's athletic director for firing him from cause. Instead, he wants a three-member arbitration panel. Now, I think an AD could still fire him for poor play or results, but not for cause. That would have to go to a three-member arbitration panel. So of his he, choosing. Of Jim Harbaugh's choosing. Uh, Jack kind of. Harbaugh, Mama Harbaugh, John. and John Harbaugh. And Greg Roman. All three of the Harbaugh's That's will be awesome. on that th- you, son, uh, are awesome. innocent that's of all awesome. charges. Who is the uh, arbitration uh, panel that you've selected, yeah. Coach? Uh, John, they, they Jack, open, and Mama. They open the door. It's just all of them chanting, who's got it better, who's got it better than us? Woo! That's their mantra before they start the hearing. Let's go! Yeah. Uh, what else is interesting from this story? Some that cheeseburgers. Wasn't there something about cheeseburgers and such in there? Oh, I don't know if I, I didn't read yeah. that. Was that, that, was one, that was no. That's the recruiting violations have been like something oh. about cheeseburgers. Yeah, he yeah. Won. yeah, yeah. Like it's I don't know. Oh, come on, if the, the if the recruiting the violations like, are based on cheeseburgers, uh, come on. Well, that's the NCAA. Well, it was during that's a dead. It was a, during a dead period during the COVID dead period is what they're saying. Yeah. What does that mean? There was a dead period of uh, you because of the like you couldn't travel and all that kind of stuff. They set a dead period where you could not recruit. And so he was giving COVID. guys cheeseburgers. And he, well, I don't know if he was giving guys cheeseburgers. I don't know the hundred percent detail, but the fact is, he was recruiting when you couldn't recruit. When the NCAA right, said you could not recruit, no one can recruit. That is a problem. And he I guess was he was recruiting. And I guess they were mad then because didn't they say the original suspension was because he was being deceitful in in, in how he was you know. Re- how he was answering their questions, yes. right? Yeah. Well, Harbaugh, I don't blame him for trying to get everything he can right now, though, because, like I said, he's the hottest thing out there. So, God bless. You might as well. You might as well give it a shot. Uh, let's go to Sean on the north side on ESPN 1000. Hey, Sean. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Hey, so I'm thinking, listen to the OC talk. It's just such a tomorrow problem to worry about somebody getting fluffed. It's like saying, I don't want to go to the gym because I don't want to get too big to worry about going after a high-caliber candidate and then worrying about what we have coming down the road next year. Uh, and, and a second thought, if you have a second, when it comes to fields, I feel like Poles is just sitting in 
a home run derby, right? And he took a strike, leaving Flus. And now we're sitting here with the first pick of the draft again. And we have fields, and we kind of have a good idea where the ceiling is. And to think, what's the upside of him, and what's the upside of of taking number one? And uh, I'll take his thoughts on that. All right, thank you, uh, Sean. First of all, I don't think that you'd be scared away from hiring the best OC because you might lose him. We're just saying you might lose him. If he's really, really good, chances are in a year or two you lose that OC. That's the natural progression of this league. That's all we're saying. What's your upside with drafting Caleb Williams? Uh, you reset the clock, the money that, clock. That might be the biggest. Right. You reset the clock, and you'd have some assets then to go after. At some point, you'll have to pay Justin Fields if you believe he's going to be your quarterback. You know, if Caleb's great, that, that's, that's awesome. But like Yurko said, what's the biggest upside right now could be resetting the clock. Yeah. Because... You know, you're going into year four for Justin with a fifth-year option and decision coming May what May third, and, and you'd guess if you wanted to draft Caleb Williams, you couldn't get a worse pocket passer than you have with Justin Fields. Well, I think that's what they have to evaluate. You're right. You're, you're right. Not to be mean, but like, well, would I'm you just, at least have I'm Justin? Just, right. I mean, and if you do, and you reset the clock, so then be you're it. Fine. And do you have an upgrade? Exactly. That's, then you're fine. Yes. I mean, I think that's honestly, you're right. That's kind of how you have to evaluate it. At worst, or, do we still have a player that can play to the level Justin's played at? Or, I've got Justin Fields here. I've seen him make all the throws. And he has made all the throws. Touchdowns to DJ Moore in the corner of the end zone, hitting the tight end, going down the seams. He's made a lot of throws. Throws to the sidelines where the receiver looks like it's going to be picked because he's got the zip on the ball. Ends up being a completion on the sideline. Mm-hmm. He's thrown a ton of balls up there. Uh, you know, can he do it on a more consistent level? And can we see it more than over the course of the year? Can we see a lot of great throws game after game after game after game after game? Because Fields has given you throws. Mm-hmm. They sometimes are too far in between each other. Few and far in between. Yeah. Three one two three three two ESPN for Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Yorko, coming up after one, I have something fun for you. Abdallah sent me this list. And it's sure to uh, create a little bit of a stir. It's a top NFL 100. And uh, I want you to guess in a little bit how many bears are on there. I'll let you know which bears are on there. Don't don't say now. Don't say now. No, no, no. You got to wait 10 minutes. You got to wait 12 minutes. He's just giving you the peace sign. Oh, is that what he's doing? You got to wait 12 minutes. So we'll talk about that list. And again, it'll create some controversy for sure. Where do you hear number one is? Uh, so we'll do that just after one. We got plenty of time for your phone calls. We don't have any guests today. We're going to cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie at two three one two three three two three seven seven six. Last six games for the Bills, they've won them all. They're the anti-Eagles, Yerk. They got hot down the stretch. Last six games, how many total touchdowns, both passing and rushing, does Josh Allen have? Last six games, Last both six games. passing and rushing. Yes. Last six games, I'm going to say Him, 15. That You nailed it on the head, my yeah. man. He's got maybe not as many passing as you'd think. He's got eight passing touchdowns and seven rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And that one yesterday was awesome. He also did the thing that quarterbacks can do where they fake like they're going to slide and then they don't. I don't know what defenders are supposed to do, and I am so sick of the officiating in this league. We've talked about that a lot. I'm not sure what Miles Jack is supposed to do. And if you saw the play at the, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, the flag when Josh Allen went into a slide, as Josh Allen was still running, 
and starting his slide, Miles Jack was in the air. I'm not sure what a player's supposed to do. And to Miles Jack's credit, he never made contact with his head. Mm-hmm. He made sure to avoid it by sort of rolling his body off. And, you know, Gene Steratore and the rest of them, you know, well, of course, Jim, of course. Yeah. Tony Romo is on a different planet. So I don't know what, well, I'm not sure where he is, what he's doing. He's on a different planet. Gene Steratore, yeah, well, Jim, of course, that's roughing, that's personal fun. Yeah. What in God's name is the linebacker supposed to do in that situation? I Well, we saw it here in Chicago. They never threw the flag. Well, I don't get that either. Yeah, I don't get they, how they Justin never, never the gets the flag. Never gets the flag. Figure that one out. Yeah. I don't get any of it. So the officiating I'm, I'm, stinks. Right. I'm quite accustomed to the fact that there's usually not a call there. So for there to be a call, I was somewhat stunned. I guess Josh Allen me that. Yeah. and Patrick Mahomes right. get the calls. Yes. But Cam Newton never got him, and Justin right. Fields sure right. doesn't get him. And Brady, you breathed on Brady. Oh, you were guilty of Come breathing on, on Brady. And, and if you didn't throw the flag, all he had to do was yell yeah. at you. And well, then, oh, sorry, Tom. Well, the way that happened the other when the Bears were playing that one team, yeah, the guy was? complained. Who was that? Was that? It, was, it was 93 was our player. Jones was our player. Yeah, which game was that? It was, was the that second to the last one. It was the second to last one. Oh, it was Tyler Heineke, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Well, it was. It was the Atlanta game. It was Heineke. Yeah. When Heineke was still in the just game. He turned around and he looked at the official and yeah. started begging for a call. Then about 32 seconds later, a, a flag appeared out of the gloaming. Not, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, a flag appeared. Now Tyler Heine, Taylor Heineke yeah. can argue for calls? Yeah. Are we kidding? I get it. With Tom Brady, I get it. 30 seconds later, you get to throw the flag. What? Yeah. There's a, there's, Taylor there's, Heineke? Listen, I, the worst officiated league in the world is the NBA. It's bad, By too. far. It's By bad. Far. I saw uh, a, a video of LeBron coming th- across the lane, makes a layup. Nobody's even near him. Nobody, nobody's near him. They were near him. They backed off. He makes the layup, and they called foul. And you can see the space between the guy and LeBron. And they called the foul it, anyway. It's all bad. It's all yeah. so. And the NFL is just so damn inconsistent at this point. Yeah. I don't know what you're asking a defender to do. And the savvy quarterbacks have figured out, I'll just fake slide. Watch him get out of the way, and yeah. then I'll keep running. Well, I always say sometimes 15 yards is worth it. Yeah, I know. You sometimes 15 yards worth it. You go ahead in a situation where he's fit, then you go get him. I mm. told you, I'd always send one of my D linemen over the top. Just go take him down. Hey, they stopped they'll, the tush push. They'll be yeah. a little bit. I saw that. Yeah. The Bucks stopped extra, it. Extra point. The, the two extra point, point conversion. Try. Yeah, the two, yeah, the two point try. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes. Pretty good. There was an awesome piece that Kyle Brandt did where he went to visit Neil deGrasse Tyson. We've had Neil deGrasse Tyson in studio a few times. He loves sports. He's fun, like, talking about, you know, NFL, like, missed kicks and just all kind of, like, where he can get physics involved in football. He loves it. He was a college. He was a collegiate Indeed. wrestler. And what did he say? He said, do not go in the air. Right. He was whole if point go, was yeah. they have an advantage because their guys are tethered to the earth pushing yeah. Jalen Hurts, and the defenders are going in the air. And they're just going to get carried. And you're getting carried. Like it a was, wave. Like a wave carrying you. It was really cool watching him talk about you know the advantages that the offense has because they get the head start, and they're pushing, and they're getting an assist from the rotation of the earth. It was very cool. It was a, good, it was a fun thing He's to watch. He's a big rotation of the he earth is. guy. He did a... 
Even Neil, though the effect is negligible. Neil deGrasse Tyson, of course. Neil deGrasse Tyson's got to be, what, 60-something? Oh, he's up there. Now, again, he's a big dude. He's been in studio with us. Yes, he's he is. He's a big man, and yeah. he was a collegiate. He was a, a Division One wrestler. He had Kyle Brandt. Kyle's a monster. He had Kyle Brandt, like, in this move where he had him slung across his hip in his back, Yerk. My back hurt just looking at it. I was kind of impressed. I'm like, Dr. Tyson could still... Uh, yeah, still get you. He still do his old wrestling moves. Sixty five for Neil. He's sixty five. Yeah. I, I was very impressed. Let's go to Mike in Las Vegas. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you guys? Good, brother. You, you know this. Uh, this, I, I can't believe what people are saying about Caleb. Justin Fields' college career is not even in the same ballpark as Caleb Williams. This man has I mean, thrown for over ten thousand yards. In college, over ten thousand yards, ninety-three passing touchdowns. Yeah, I think something like twenty-seven rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he won the Heisman Trophy. The year he won the Heisman Trophy, he threw for forty-five hundred yards. Yeah. So what are you talking about? I, I, I think the I think maybe that so Justin did have a forty-one uh, to three t- uh, season. You know, twenty nineteen, and he and he and he had the incredible playoff game too. But he did in twenty nineteen go forty-one touchdowns, three interceptions. That that is pretty impressive. But. No, I, I think Caleb's is, is better. Yeah, statistically, I think it's better. But it, it's like the reason he didn't win is because of Lincoln Riley and not caring about the defense. He couldn't hire a defensive coordinator to save his life. That's what, that's what happened to Caleb. And, and, and if you go and watch, I want people to go watch the Washington game. Go watch the Oregon game and the Colorado game. And tell me that Caleb is not a better passer of the ball than Justin Fields would ever mm-hmm. be. The fact that some people think some type of quarterback whisperer or offensive coordinator guru is going to come in and turn Justin Fields into Patrick Mahomes. Are you kidding me? Justin is <laughs> who is, he is. Man. Yeah, four years in, that's a, that's a hard thing to do, Mike. I'm with you. Yeah, Caleb's numbers statistically are pretty impressive. And uh, Lincoln Riley has never seemed to be able to find the right defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch or otherwise. 312-332-3776 is the number. We're back in two. We've got a fun list that's going to create some controversy coming up next.